Global, global. Support local. local. It's the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. You suck me. You might not see an A, but you are a B Plus. Alright, ladies, gents, and non binary friends. Welcome. To the B Plus Podcast, I am your host, Greg Does Things, here to do the thing where we do the thing where we talk about pro wrestling, and uh, it's Saturday, so we would normally have a live stream tonight, but we are not having a live stream tonight, uh, because a week ago I recorded this wonderful chat uh, with some of the brilliant women in our Australian wrestling industry, and... uh, Grappler adjacent people. Been a while since I said that. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I just thought it was important to leave this one out there. We probably won't have a live stream for a couple of weeks because I, I think it's a good idea to let this sit at the top of the feed, let people just sit with this. Uh, so it, it's basically covering the speaking out movement, you know, hashtag speaking out, and not not covering the movement. I mean, we've done that here on the podcast. We've talked about who got cancelled, why'd they get cancelled and stuff. It, you know, and it can be very depressing. Uh, you know, we as an industry need to, not just as an industry, to be honest with you. Um, I think because when all this went down and, and I think I, I'm not alone in this, I think a lot of us tried to retreat and, and sort of, you know, it, it was hard to watch wrestling and I, I've started watching wrestling again, but it, 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 it's been hard to watch wrestling and it's been hard to support wrestling. And, uh, as a result of a lot of these allegations. Cause I mean, you, you heard isolated stories here and there always, but it, it wasn't really clear how systemic, how ingrained, how cultural it was. And, uh, and it was gross and it was scary and it was uh, very off putting. And so a lot of us would, would run to other places. Like I, I wanted to run to comic books, but it's the same there. I wanted to run to uh, video games, but it's the same there. All allegedly, of course, all allegedly. Um, and there's like culture wars that are fought over this stuff. And, you know, without getting into any of that, I just want to say that like, uh, I do believe that as a society, not just as an industry, as a society, we need to get better at talking about uh, the relationships between men and women at sex, at boundaries. Uh, These are all things like consent. These are all things we need to be better at talking about. I'm sure it's completely uncontroversial. I hope it's completely uncontroversial to say that I want to live in a world where people are unafraid to speak their mind, express their interest, make their advances, whatever it is. And the people who are on the receiving end of that are comfortable and confident to say no. And the people on the receiving end of a no are comfortable and confident enough in themselves to say, okay, thank you. (laughs) You know, it really doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Um, We need to be able to talk about boundaries. We need to be able to talk about what we are okay with and what we aren't okay with. Um, and, And like, we can't just screech at each other. It's really important for us to actually have conversations. And so all that's to say, 
uh, that, yeah, no show this week except for this wonderful, brilliant chat that I recorded uh, on behalf of, uh, well, I, that I recorded with Erin Dick, who, uh, you know, runs Bronco, Bronco Busters. She's been on the show before. Um, big fan of her work. And, you know, she's someone who has been covering this stuff for a while and talking about this stuff, much like we have here on the podcast. Anytime we talk to women in the industry, we talk about this stuff um, as much as they're comfortable with. And uh, she she does wonderful work there at Bronco Busters, and she was an amazing help in putting together our Indigenous Roundtable. Uh, she helped out Joel Bateman with that, and now she's uh, helped out with this one, and she's stepped in to actually, uh, you know, moderate the chat and and, and host with uh, with Zena, with Avery, and uh, Candy Lee over in New Zealand, who all decided to step up and uh, tackle this very difficult topic. And so I just want to express a huge gratitude to them for taking time out of their schedules to, uh, you know, to discuss these things with, to discuss, you know, what can be very personal, can be very difficult, can be very heavy topics uh, because, and, and I, I, I think it's, it's great that they did that and I appreciate it so much because it is so important for us to have these discussions and the only way to move forward is to do just that, to, to listen, uh, to discuss, to be civil about it and figure out how we can all move forward together uh, to make not just the industry, but this world a better place for all of us and for those who are going to follow in our footsteps. So with that, I'm going to hand over to Erin and Erin can uh, take it from here. Thank you so much for doing this for us, Erin. Over to you. So before we get started today, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that I'm calling in from today. Uh, that's the Wadarong people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. And I'd also like to extend my acknowledgement to the land that my guests are calling in from today. Um, sovereignty has never been ceded. And a quick content warning. Today, we're going to be talking about the speaking out movement in pro wrestling both globally and locally, that's been bringing about allegations and conversations of abuse, sexual and emotional assault to the surface. Um, We'll be providing relevant helplines and links to support resources at the end of this episode and also in the show notes as well. So we will provide that support along the way too. Oh, hi, my name is Erin, the editor of Bronco Busters, which is a platform Um, and a publication that highlights the work of women and queer people in the wrestling scene in Australia and New Zealand. Um, And I'm also just a huge fan of wrestling, particularly women's wrestling, which is why today with me uh, we have three wonderful women um, who are rising stars and leading the way for Australia and New Zealand's wrestling scenes. And they've all been vocal in some way or another um, in showing their support for change during this time as well. So first up, I have from Geelong, the reigning MCW women's champion and one third of the Brat Pack, Avery, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. It's good to see you again. Um, Next from Sydney, she's one half of Lux with Kingsley and a two-time FWA women's champion. Hello, Zena. Hey, thanks for having me here today. No worries. Thanks for being here. And finally, from Auckland by way of Samoa, a former PWE Women's Champion, Maniacs New Zealand Pro Wrestling Champ- Women's Champion, and IPW New Zealand Women's Champion. That's a big list. <laughs> Candy Lee, how are you? 
Hello, hello. It's cold. <laughs> it's so cold, isn't it? It literally just started raining as I turned on my laptop, and I was like, "This is great. This this is the perfect environment to record a podcast. Wonderful. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, with introductions out of the way, um, I wanted to take this moment to check in with all of you. Um, obviously, we've had a lot of um, really intense and emotional things coming to the surface in the last few weeks in the wrestling industry regarding allegations, as I said earlier, of sexual assault, abuse, both physical and emotional, that's been quite rampant in our industry. Um, how are we all feeling? Uh, Zaina, I might start with you. How, how are you feeling in yourself right now? Um, for a couple of weeks, I haven't really known how to feel it's been like a mixture of exhaustion and like I'm tired of it and I'm sick of it but I still love wrestling so I'm like in that bubble where like I don't know how to feel about everything surfacing right now um <laughs> yeah that's me right now yeah it's hard to put words to it. I know for me at least it's been as a fan you know um and as as someone who's got friends in the scene it's really heartbreaking but not at all surprised, um, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Leilani, how are you? Um, I don't like mentally. I don't feel like I don't know how to use words properly. Um, I don't know. It's just all really stressful and overwhelming, and like I've been like real upset about what's happening, and I've like lost a lot of motivation when it comes to wrestling over the last few weeks like I mean ever since like COVID hit like my like mental state hasn't been all there when it comes to wrestling like so yeah th like the whole movement just made it even more worse and like yeah I don't know yeah it's a pretty rubbish time with if you think about COVID as well I totally understand that um and Avery how are you um I'm I think right now I'm good as in initially I like when the whole like everything started to come out I was just angry and frustrated and there's no really place to vent that anger and frustration <laughs> but like it was just yeah I think I was just extremely angry for a long time it took me a while just to like step back and start to like listen and just try and stand out for people instead of just venting my anger about it but yeah I mean I would think I'm all good, like, as in now, like, taking a look at the situation, it's good that, you know, these things have been brought to light. So I feel relatively, I mean, okay about it. Yeah, that's interesting as well that you mentioned that, um, you know, not having a space, I guess, to vent your anger and that frustration at first initially maybe. But um, have you been surprised at all by any of the reactions in your circles, I guess, here in Melbourne in particular? Um, no, not really in Melbourne, to be honest. I feel like everyone in Melbourne's been pretty supportive and very um, understanding. They, you know, I think most of my anger was towards those who immediately went to questioning instead of listening. And, but I think, yeah, I mean, I live quite a while out of Melbourne. I haven't really seen anybody for a long time. So I can't say I want to want to caught up with many people, but um yeah, I think Melbourne's been pretty good about accepting it. Like, there's been a lot of changes. There's been a lot of, um, yeah, things in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's been my experience for, for the majority. But, yeah, there's definitely still some work to do, but which I'm sure we'll get into. 
How about you, Zena, in um, Sydney? How have people been reacting and has everyone been generally supportive? I've also taken like a step back from wrestling at the moment. Um, I've been working on myself, so I haven't been keeping in contact with a lot of people right now. But I know promotions will be making a change going forward. I hope they act on it from what everyone's been saying on social media. So that's one thing that needs to come to light for the actual change to happen and just not all talk on social media at the moment. Um, yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. There's a lot of talk going on. Um, Candy, how have things been in New Zealand? I know that I guess the scene in particular there has like, I don't know, been really vocal, especially with connections to the UK scene. Um, yeah, what's, what's, what's it been like? um it's been like um like for the most part a lot of people uh, like have been supportive when it comes to the cause and like also wanting to implement change and stuff but like I don't know because like some people will, will show face value on social media but then in real life they're just like they don't actually care so like I don't know it'll be interesting to see who actually sticks to by what they um, by what they say in terms of like wanting to see change, but I do believe that there are going to be some serious changes. It won't like happen overnight, but hopefully, like people like actually mean what they say because I feel like a lot of companies and people um tend to like want to show face value more and not. Like, they feel like they just have to say something because everyone else is saying something. So hopefully people are saying something but actually, like, sticking to what they've put out there because I feel like with the way that everyone wants to see change, I feel like accountability is going to be so, like, huge, like, going forward. So if you don't adhere to what you, like, put out in your statements, then obviously you're going to get caught out for it. And I feel like this movement is so good for that because like I feel like more people are going to be brave enough to speak out when they feel like people aren't being accountable for their actions and stuff so yeah so I just hope people stick to what they've put out there yeah it's it's a big thing isn't it like the whole chasing clout online and it's so easy as well to like just throw a hashtag on something and then all of a sudden you're you're one of the good guys is something that I've been encountering a little bit um I guess just for context, obviously this is all happening at a time in the world where there's a lot of movement towards this like deconstruction of what it means to be a, a woman or a marginalised person in our society and we have what's happening is like really reflective of the Me Too movement um, and I know like for me I work a little bit in the music industry and in the radio industry so I see this sort of conversations happening in those spaces as well alongside this so it's all a bit overwhelming it's like it's all coming to a bit of a head but um I think the unique thing with wrestling and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this guys but the the fact that it is built around this kind of like secretive space and this bubble that it, of protecting each other and protecting um the integrity of wrestling often I feel perhaps maybe creates this environment where this sort of behavior that we've seen come to light does run rampant um do you guys have any thoughts on that at all? Whether it's like something that occurs more in the wrestling scene because of how secretive wrestlers have to be and performers have to be in that space? 
in terms of like a boys club is yeah that is, i guess so yeah like um we can link it to that for sure i guess it's a, a kind of like a thing of protecting the boys in some ways isn't it like um it's i think not even like a boys club like like on twitter like victims were coming out with stories and then we had friends coming out with stories like you know with something positive about the name like assaulter like mm. like i don't know how to put in words but like it's disappointing to see that people would go out of their way to defend their friends and their friends have been labeled victims i mean assaulters yeah <laughs> yeah like you know what i mean hard, the people find it hard to believe that someone can be uh someone abusive behind doors but really nice to their face but because they're really nice to you know their mate's face in in public they're like oh he's a great guy he's great or she's great girl you know they're great people you know that kind of i understand that mentality but yeah with then you know behind doors they're an absolute piece of shit i know many people who you know treat men and women very differently like some people treat women very differently than they treat their mates yeah and even like with the whole movement going on like they just went against the movement like if they have something yeah. nice to say about their friends just to wait till the movement's like you know settling down or like inbox them or like you know I, going yeah, against like, the movement i think that goes back to what you were saying about like a boys club protecting each other because i feel like in the past when it comes to wrestling there's a history of that like like unspoken rules of like if you're friends with someone like you protect them and stuff like i understand the whole mentality about protecting the business and like not letting like things in terms of like matches and whatever like protecting kayfabe i guess to fans but then my thing is like i feel like there's protecting kayfabe but then there's protecting your friends from being like rapists and pedophiles like i don't i feel like that's where people should have like drawn a line in terms of protecting like wrestling or whatever they're trying to do totally what i'm getting at yeah is that it's like because we protect the kayfabe we are also protecting the structures that are in place to make that happen and hierarchies within the industry and as a result we see that like in the me too movement as well that people who are in power are being protected because their their friends want to protect them and think that they're good people yeah and that's like the whole thing about with like in the past that like you have to like that whole thing about um respecting veterans especially in the uh, like in the wrestling business like are oh, you they're like uh whatever vet, they've done all this and you just think like you can't speak up against that because like you're either a rookie or you're just new in the business so you're like oh but that guy's got so much respect behind him so i feel like if i say something i'm gonna get blackboard um i won't like get booking so i think that's why this whole boys club mentality is passed down through like generation i guess yeah for sure that that kind of leads me um candy into my next point is that a lot of the cases that we're hearing about are from um reflections of people particularly women when they've just joined the business or they're training or they're breaking in for the first time um and we see that abuse of power happening at that level. And I know like we've had these conversations, I guess, about like what it's like getting started in the business as a woman. And it's from what I've been told, it's really difficult because you have to prove yourself an extra level on top of the guys. But what's it really like 
getting started in the business. I feel like we don't, obviously with all these stories coming to light, there's a lot that we haven't talked about. Um, maybe I'll start with Avery this time. Um, yeah, what what is it really like getting started in this business? Um, I think it's like everyone's experience getting started in the business is completely different. Like every company you start at is completely different. Um, personally, I started at a really shitty company, like a really bad company. Um, they gave me no rights to my character, my what I would like to do. They would pair me only with girls because the boys might get the wrong idea if they touched me during training. Um, but in the same breath, you know, they were so pedantic about, you know, keeping girls separate and being very dividing gender. Um, and, you know, girls not allowed to touch boys with the same breath. Um, some of the trainers would, you know, then hit you up afterwards and you were 16 years old and you're like, oh, my God, no, a boy's talking to me. Like it's – I had a really shit experience getting into it for the first two years until I realised that I could leave. It's very much ingrained, engraved in my brain that, you know, if you left, you would announce nothing. You were at the best company there. You know, if you went anywhere else, you'd, you'd announce nothing. I'm very glad I left now, so looking back, but – um. Yeah, I think everyone's experience is completely different. My experience was horrible because the company I started at just did not respect women. They looked at us like a whole different species. Um, you know, it's, it's not nice. It was horrible. But once I left that company, I really started to explore. I Don't get me wrong, I did come across some dickheads, but I think majority of the people I came across in wrestling then, you know, were helpful and supportive and lovely. So I, I did have a lot of great experiences after that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Avery. Um, Zena, what about you? Did you have um, any particular, I guess, like, yeah, difficulties? And you don't have to be explicit about anything, of course, but, um, what, yeah, what was it like breaking in for you? And, you know, you're still quite earlier in your career in some ways and you've had to take some time yeah. back now. But, um, yeah, how how does that feel to you? Does that resonate with you, that experience? Um, training with me has always been fine. I think having a supportive female wrestler that's like taking training and is on top of the leaderboard really helps other female wrestlers coming into training. Um, we're always taught to treat each other equally at training, men and women. So that's like fine with us. But like when I first started, I haven't shared the story with anyone, but there was not a veteran. Like he was around for a while. He sent me like dick pics and would call me and would message me. And I had just started training. I think it was like six months in. And then I approached some of the wrestlers. I'm like, oh, look who's messaging me. Look at the dick pic. Like, and everyone laughed it off where someone actually got the dick pic and made it into a smiley face, like drew a diagram around the dick pic. So like things like that weren't taken seriously back then. So being in wrestling for four to five years now it's just something that like you know we had to deal with or it's like a normal thing like to do or like happen to us but um, yeah. yeah thank you for sharing that I'm so sorry that happened to you that's like fucked up um but the thing is yeah like you just said it's kind of it's it's the norm and I'm using quotation marks that you're expected yeah. to just cop that sort of shit um Candy how about you um I feel like I my situation is different to everyone because like like being trans and stuff. So like um when I was looking for a school to train at, um the promotion that like I call my home promotion at the moment, um when I emailed them and stuff, they were all for it, but then I felt like it, it isn't me to not be like 
to tell people about like me being trans and stuff. So obviously I mentioned it to them and the people in charge at the time were like, um, um, we'll get back to you. So I was just like, oh, okay, doesn't sound promising. Like, why do you need to like have a meeting about someone being trans to like start, but it's whatever. Um, I hadn't heard from them for like weeks. So I just like reached out to them one day and I was like, um, I haven't heard from you guys. Like, so what's happening? And he just replied straight away saying, oh, um, I've talked with everyone in management. You're good to go, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, so I started and like, I'm naturally like a shy person and I've got like, I get like shy around meeting people and I have like anxiety and stuff. So I was really nervous um, starting out and stuff. But I talked to one of the trainers and he made me feel comfortable and stuff. But like, they assured me that um, only people in management knew about me being trans and stuff because I really wasn't comfortable with just telling like random strangers that about it as well so I was just like yeah but then apparently like as time gone um, went on and stuff people were telling me oh yeah everyone knew because one person told one person and they told the wrong person then it just spread and then it's just like things like that in wrestling is like never protected it's like you can't really open up to people because even some people at the top, you think they have your back, like, don't take things seriously. Like, people, I feel like when it comes to wrestling, like, even people in management, they don't treat wrestling like any other, like, organization. Like, it's not treated like a workplace where, like, you, um, like, um, input sexual harassment things or teach people about what's wrong and right. So when people in management just talk about your business, I just feel like that stuff's so normalized that that's why a lot of what's happened happens because no one really takes it seriously from the top. But and also with the whole being new and wrestling, especially as a girl, like even I was like, when I was new, there was this thing called vulture culture where like apparently every time a new girl comes to the rookie class or the guys were swarming like vultures apparently and then they all messaged this new girl and to see which one of them like gets it in I guess but like I felt like I didn't really get that but then when I look back I kind of did because a lot of the guys did start randomly messaging me and stuff so I'm like yeah so like I'm like why is this so normalized this whole vulture culture situation and why are we all laughing about it like so I feel like for years things in wrestling aren't or weren't ever taken seriously. So that's why this whole, when the speaking out movement thing came out, I'm just like, I'm like kind of not as surprised or shocked because when you think about it, most of the people at the top don't like put their foot down and like put in place policies to protect um, like girls, especially, especially new girls because like for me to come in and then hear about oh vulture culture you know when like if a new rookie comes along especially a girl all the guys flock to her like when I heard about that I was just like that's so weird because me being trans I'm like not used to male attention like that so like I felt like oh that was just a whole weird thing to me so when like my situation happened to me and like upon reflecting back on it I was just like oh okay that 
like I did kind of experience it but I just I'm just so used to not like experiencing that so so yeah I kind of understand about that whole starting off as kind of like yeah yeah I, I hear you it's tricky and um yeah thank you for sharing I feel like we can I feel like there's a lot to unpack there especially regarding like um trans issues and trans awareness so I'd love to come back to that um in a moment but I guess first another thought for you Candy is that this is something um I've had conversations with other girls in the business as well about the idea of not wanting to be called a women's wrestler or yeah I'm just a wrestler there's this idea or thought and I want to know what everyone's thoughts are on that because I know Candy you have that um particular affinity for the divas and likewise we've shared that um interest together um and there's a lot of people in the community who like looked up to the divas and want to reclaim that moniker in a lot of ways do you think it does more harm than good to say oh I, I don't I just want to be seen as a wrestler because I don't know this is my thinking and I'm keen to hear what you guys have to say but if if we do say oh I'm just a wrestler then women just kind of get lumped in with the rest of the pack and the people who if we need that protection get it because we're just supposed to go along with what the boys are doing and just assimilate in that way and just be one of the boys and cop things like abusive behavior and manipulation um yeah candy what are your thoughts on that um for me for me personally i actually like prefer being referred to as a woman's wrestler because especially being a trans woman i feel like it's more reaffirming for me and like my experiences in my life in general like like I understand why women want to feel equal to like their male counterparts and stuff, and I'm all for it, and I'm all for equality and stuff. But for me personally, I feel like with my journey as like, cause um in society people don't see me like like they downplay trans people anyways, and they see us like as not visible. So for me, woman being called a woman's wrestler or like using that. It's like so empowering to me because I'm like, oh, that's just reaffirming to me and that knowing my place as a woman. Because if you just take that away, I feel like you just open up like um transphobia from fans because like you know how fans are like their mindsets are like so black and white these days most of the time. So for me, like this isn't just me personally. I like I don't mind like whether like the my um. The other girls in wrestling want to be just called wrestlers like you be all that but like i me personally i find it reaffirming for myself and like yeah so i don't mind it yeah um avery um i wanted to ask you because your character is is very like um very like feminine sexual character and you really embrace that in in your work and everything that you do in the ring um and i i, I want to ask you how like obviously that you would experience backlash to that right like as candy was saying fans can be a bit black and white and gross yeah. um what are your what's your thoughts then around the whole women's wrestling and the fact that yeah you can i don't know i know that you have opinions on this so i'll let you take that I, away i don't think i have like a very strong opinion on that i think i'm a like yes i'm a wrestler but technically i'm a women's wrestler as well and if just kind of stand up and say i don't want to be called a woman's wrestler i want to be called a wrestler it's like 
the word woman isn't bad. It's not a bad word. The word woman is great. Women are great. Like, I don't know. I feel like that shouldn't be an insult. Like, oh, I don't want to be a woman's wrestler. I want to be a wrestler. It's like, you can be both. <laughs> you, can, you can wrestle and be a woman. Like, how is being a woman an insult? How is that, you know, I don't want to be defined as this. Like, it's not an insult. If anything, you should be like, fuck yeah, I'm a woman's wrestler. Like, you should be proud. You should embrace that. Yeah, for sure. Zena, what do you think? I think Avery covered it with me too. <laughs> I'm like on the same boat as her. Like, it's not an insult. If people want to call you a woman's wrestler, go for goal. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that kind of comes from this, like, thinking of, like, you know, when we had the whole movement towards, you know, serious technical wrestling and um, th- when wrestling kind of started to pick up in the mainstream, it became, yeah, it became embarrassing to be a diva or to have that, like, sexualized character and to use that to your advantage um, in some circles at least. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel really, Avery, I love your character so much and I feel so empowered every time I watch you in the ring. So that, it just means a lot to me to be able to see, you know, a strong woman who embraces her sexuality in that way. Yeah, you have, like, the energy, Avery. I wish I had that energy sometimes. Ah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I love it. it's like nothing to be like ashamed of or like I don't care what people (laughs) say it's the energy that I wish I had (laughs) fuck yeah I have a lot of fun yeah this this leads me into I guess another idea or or way of thinking that exists in this space and it's the whole pull up your bootstrap yeah um pull up your bootstraps mentality rather of like I don't know, just get on with it kind of thing. And I feel like that encourages hazing in a lot of ways. And then we get this additional layer of backstage bullying and things like that become really normal because, yeah, you just have to get on with it. Um, Obviously that needs to change in my opinion, but, but what do you guys think? What's your experience of that being told to pull up your bootstraps? I can honestly um, say I've never heard that saying before. <laughs> yeah, me too. I've never heard that. Well, that's probably Same. a good thing. That's probably a good thing. But I get the intent with what you mean. Like, I'm sure, like, we've experienced it, but with not exactly that saying. Yeah. Yeah, like, I barely totally get what you're saying, yeah. I guess like, I get what you mean. Weird. It's like hazing, right? It is often a result of that mentality of like, yeah, you just have to push on with whatever you're receiving. And it kind of feeds into what you've all been saying is that you receive like comments or messages or things that are, you know, inappropriate, but you kind of just have to like, even just like things that aren't so overtly inappropriate, but like, just like subtle bullying that makes you feel small um, that happens backstage and it's like a result of the hierarchies that exist backstage of like you got to respect the veterans and um yeah i think yeah or like the whole the whole like um the golden boys of like the promotions or whatever country or whatever scene they're from like oh that's like you know like jocks in high school like oh there's a jock there's a popular girl blah 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 blah. like i get that whole thing because like i feel like I don't really play into like clicks and stuff like that. I just like to be open and like as friendly as possible to like everyone because like I know what it's like to be judged because obviously because of who I am in society and stuff and I know what it's like to be bullied for who I am like especially in high school and stuff so like 
I don't know, because, like, my thing is, like, oh, my God, you guys are, like, high school was, like, years ago for some of you. You guys are, some of you are almost 30. How are you still behaving like you're in high school? Like, I don't know, were you bullied in high school or something? Were you a loser? That's why you feel like because you're in wrestling now and you have some notoriety, you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to abuse this power. Like, I feel like that's where a lot of these um, golden boys um, mentality comes from, and they're, like, the root of why they do that. Um, the things that they do to people, like, they think, that oh okay we got some like we're good at we're good wrestlers so we're allowed to like treat people who we don't think are on our level like like shit basically and I feel like that mentality is what's a big problem in wrestling like I know speaking out was about like like the sexual assaults happening and stuff but also I feel like um like stuff like bullying and just treating people like shit because you think that they're left in you and like needs to change as well yeah that do you guys have any um Avery and Zena do you have any other thoughts on bullying in the industry yeah I mean like within wrestling you you need to have thick skin there's no absolutely no doubt about that because a lot of how you improve comes from constructive criticism so, like, when you're starting out in the business, are you generally, you get, like, hazed, and that's not right. Like, some people do unnecessary shitty hazing, and it's like, yeah, that's just being a dick. But some people have it out for your best intention of they're giving you constructive criticism, and there's a big difference between bullying and trying to help someone be better themselves by being like, hey, you're doing this shit, you're doing that, uh, you know. It's, I think you need to have thick skin and, like, like, you need definitely, like, you know, veterans can be dicks too. Like, everyone everyone can be an asshole. There's no doubt about that. But um, you shouldn't have to cop outright bullying. Absolutely. There's no way in hell you should ever have to cop right that. Um, but cop that. But, yeah, I think there you will get a lot of harsh comments about, you know, your character, your wrestling style, your, you know, things. You'll get opinions forever from everyone. Everyone will have an opinion on, you know, what you should should be doing because, you know, especially coming up being new in the business, um, especially when I was, yeah, when I was coming up in the business, I got a lot of, you know, a lot of who, what's, when's, where's, why's, and not all of it was nice. A lot of it was like, you know, you're doing this shit and you need to be able to like, yeah, learn the difference and Kind of, yeah. If someone's being a dick, yeah, you can call them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if that goes under, like, shaking hands. Like, I don't know what your pet peeves are, but, like, if someone's bullied me, like, I li- I won't go out of my way to shake their hand. That's oh, God, me. no. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> that like, I don't know. It's expected. This is the thing. It's expected for me to shake their hands. Because of the yeah. heat, like, getting heat and wrestling. I feel like it's stupid. Yeah. I've had but someone like, have heat with me backstage to the point where I finished the show, walked backstage, and they shut the door right in front of my face. And, like, people see it, and they don't say anything. Yeah. I've, yeah. yeah, I've had heat for not shaking someone's hand before because they were an absolute asshole to me. They were an absolute dickwad. Yeah, what are we meant to do if it comes down to it's expected of you to get a spot? Yeah. You're yeah. supposed to respect your veterans no matter how much of an asshole they are. Yeah, like, they could come in and, like, slap you in the face for no reason and you still have to, like, respect them and not say anything. That's how so I, I don't know like... what kind of boat that should be like, you know? I feel like that's interesting, Zena, because, like, it's not being talked about in the same way that really obvious things like sexual assault, you know, we, we can, as a society now at least, we can be like, that's wrong and we can... um 
we can denounce that. But yeah, I mean, I've had that experience of like when I've come to shows to help out on media or something like that, I'm expected to shake hands and I'm like, oh, like I don't, I, I've never understood that culture. Um, and yeah, how do you address that? Like, obviously, it, I think it has a lot to do with the top down, right? Like the like, people who are in charge. I get it in a way where if you're bursting the opponent on the day just for like, you know, we have, we trust each other enough to wrestle each other. Yeah. But it's yeah, different yeah. when it's someone you'll never like, you know, go out of your way to book a match with or like but, wrestle them. But it's saying that like um some people like like I don't even know them or like I've never done anything to them. They don't they choose not to shake my hand. So I'm like, how do you expect me to shake someone like to go up to people to shake their hands when they don't wanna reciprocate the same energy? So I'm just like there's no like that a whole shaking hand thing. Like I've had like I've had people like literally come and shake everyone around me like their hands and then just ignore me completely like walk past me like I don't exist and I'm just like okay like did I do something to you like and then it's people I've never met before so I'm just like okay you probably just scare them that's why <laughs> you're yeah, too outspoken like, for them to like you that's the problem they don't like people like that and that's an issue no, but, when you speak up they're like you know no, but it's not even that it's like people I don't know though like yeah like even like new new rookies and the like and and like the promotions training school like they would shake every, like all the guys' hands and then they would just ignore the women and it's just like okay like hmm. I wanna I wanna scale back for a minute um and I might ask Candy first but I'll obviously go around I feel like as I, as we said earlier this is all teeing up with a lot of change in the world and um something I mean just for personal perspective you know I'm a queer woman and growing up watching wrestling um I was always like you know I, I loved seeing divas and I was really excited by that because I was like wow women on my tv wrestling doing a thing that I really like that's cool so we all I guess we've all had that experience but I don't know it just always felt really um like confusing and degrading for me to see the way that women were treated especially in like a sexual nature and the way that like there was all these angles about women being lesbians right so that um, and it was always like Jerry Lawler gawking at these women. And it was for show, right? It was all for men's entertainment. And that put me in a really weird place um, for a long time, like as a kid. And I feel like it's important to acknowledge um, like the sheer amount of people from different backgrounds and diversities that have been affected by this movement. Um, people who are queer, people who are of colour. Um, and yeah like Leilani uh what you're sharing now is is like pretty obvious that there's still so much work to do regarding transphobia in the wrestling community um and you said before that you know in interviews it's you don't want to be known for being a trans wrestler right you, you're you're a women's wrestler and that's what you do but um like trans visibility should be every day is something that you've said as well so what, what what do we need to do and, and I mean it's obviously down to education a lot and that shouldn't be on people like you to educate so what do people like like allies like us have to do to make that space safe for trans people and queer people in wrestling honestly I feel like um it's just like not speaking like on behalf of us I guess and not speaking over us like, I feel like with a lot of people that have been oppressed and stuff, I feel like they don't like sitting back and watching 
like people who aren't even like in the community speak louder than them or like I don't know it's just like it's such a tricky like subject to talk about and stuff because I feel like most people want to understand but then like I feel like most don't because my experience is, is like I feel like a lot of people in this industry like people I hardly knew are like I hardly know or I've met only like once or twice in a locker room and stuff I feel like I've never done anything to them personally for them to like not like me but then I feel like because I'm outspoken and I am a trans woman especially of color I feel like um that like aggravates people I don't understand why and I feel like I feel like because obviously they got more privilege than me that they're like either white or they're just like straight or cis people who don't who have never had to be oppressed in their whole life so I feel like they think that I'm just complaining all the time or whining but I'm like like why don't you step back and like think about what it's like to be someone like me and like especially in wrestling and especially in life so I feel like I don't know I feel like if people genuinely want to get educated on it, I'll, I'm happy to talk to them about it and answer their questions. But then, like, I feel like some people don't really care, like, because their their whole mindset is like, I'm here to wrestle and I'm here to like watch wrestling. Yeah, like, like if it doesn't affect them, it doesn't yeah, matter. Like, yeah, like especially with like, I feel like a lot of people think that social issues shouldn't be involved in pro wrestling, but I 100% feel like social issues should be discussed in um, pro wrestling because like. There are like very like deep issues that like are finally being talked about that people aren't ready for still, but I feel like it's been a long time coming, especially when it comes to like racism towards um black wrestlers, um transphobia, um homophobia, women wrestling. Like it's so good that these discussions are happening. But I just feel like some people don't wanna have they don't wanna deal with it. They just think, oh, I just don't want to talk about it. I just want to wrestle and live my life. But I'm like, sorry, that's not the world we're living in. You're going to have to face these, like, like these issues. You can't just sweep it under the rug. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's a result of the fact that, like, wrestling, historically, the fan base and the people who work in the business are majorly cis, white, straight dudes, right? Um, and, and it's about power so to me like the solution is we need more marginalized people we need more women people of color in positions of power within the business um yeah Zena and Avery do you have any thoughts on that um no I don't think I can really elaborate more to be honest (laughs) yeah that's fair all right well that kind of leads me I guess into actions that can come from this because yeah I feel like obviously I, I do want to convey my gratitude to, to you guys for being here and also just the people who've been brave enough to share their stories um, and you know this is obviously happening on such a large scale locally and globally then there's still obviously so many people that don't feel safe coming forward or there's people who are processing their own trauma and I think that's going to take a lot of time um, I remember, like, I think I saw a tweet that was like, oh, the UK wrestling scene is dead. And I'm like, well, no, that 
all the predators have been called out all the abusers have been called out and now there's room yeah. for all the <laughs> people who deserve all that upcomers, yeah there's always yeah. upcomers in wrestling like if someone loses their spot it's not the end of the world i feel like they said that last year and the year before about uk wrestling but because like wwe was signing everyone hmm. right <laughs> but i'm like, like they signed the wrong ones because <laughs> half that roster was called out so yeah yeah it's pretty messy I don't but know. I, I don't, it's just like, I think that's what like just highlights the biggest problem in wrestling where it's always the same people getting opportunities, the same people like showing to us on our TVs, the show, the same people booked everywhere. Like, honestly, if you like, I promise you, if you give new faces a chance, like a lot of the time you'll be surprised by how talented some of them are. It's just that yeah. they don't have the r- right exposure or the right like following to these promoters to be like highlighted and stuff yeah for sure I feel like we need to almost like where I was getting at with that is like we need to kind of burn the system down and start afresh and make sure that people who haven't had those chances before are in in good slots and are able to tell their own stories um yeah representation is huge telling stories that you know I I guess for, for women stories that are written by women for women um, yeah it's always like bugged me that like or i find it weird that it, every time i see like um all women's um wrestling promotions uh, that a lot of the time they're run by men yeah i yeah. always find that weird like i just find that strange like like good on them for wanting to highlight and showcase women's wrestling but i don't know mm. maybe we need to change that to have more women involved because it just comes i find it weird yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, I guess this is a tricky question and it's okay if we can't answer it today because I think, as I was saying before, we're still processing this. It's going to take a long time to heal properly. But what can we do as a collective, so promotions, workers, fans, um, to protect survivors and protect people who've come forward with their stories and make it safe for other people to come forward if, if they want to? Um, yeah, I'll throw that to the floor. Um, I think people need to be held accountable for real change. There needs to be some sort of accountability for these victims coming out. Like, people can't move forward if we don't address what has happened to them. It's not someone coming out with a story and it stays on Twitter. Like, we need to see action taken. Mm. Like, it's not enough to promise change or release statements like I know these things don't happen overnight but like unless we see it actually happening yeah absolutely do you if if this sort of thing was to happen in um a company that you are working for right now would you feel safe coming forward and reporting that would you know who to report to in your in your management team um, yeah, we've been giving we've been given that opportunity with my wrestling school, but um, yeah, that's good. I feel like a lot of promotions don't have that from yeah. conversations I've had. Avery, what, what about you? Yeah, um, I think that I mean, there's kind of a reason I really don't work many promotions now. That's because I feel comfortable at the promotions that I do work at the moment, and. Yeah, I've had a couple of really shitty experiences. So, you know, I choose not to go back. And it's just, like I said, there's 
there just needs to be accountability. There needs to be there. There is things working in place, and I do, you know, applaud a lot of companies because uh, since these things have come out, people have been putting places and steps. For, so there is always someone to go to and talk to, and these things will be addressed and people will be held accountable. So, well, that's just the promotions that I know of. So I think since this has happened, there has been things put into place to help people and give them a sense of direction of where to go. I mean, I knew when I was coming up in the industry I we did had no idea who to turn to if something went down I would just have my friends who were the same age as me and the same boat as me and we would just be you know 16 and 17 year old girls you know in a pickle on there the big band so we couldn't really go to anyone so I think it's the movement has yeah it's really helped a lot of people a lot of companies kind of get the shove in the right direction to put these things in place so people do have someone to feel comfortable to go towards and people always have the safe place to, you know, be heard and be listened to. Totally. What do we think of, um, just briefly to touch on this, what do we think of cancel culture right now? Because I feel like that's been thrown around a lot, right, is like the idea that if accountability is just saying, you know, that person's an abuser, um, and then blacklisting them. And I am personally all for that. But has anyone had any thoughts about how productive that is? Because I feel like a lot of what cancel culture has to do with is, is ignoring the problem, is just saying that individual, we're going to blacklist them, but we're not actually going to address the systemic problem that we have here, which is there is a culture of abuse within our industry and our community. Um, yeah. Has anyone encountered anything like that? Um, I feel like um, cancel culture is so like weird to me. Like, like it works in some like some situations, but I feel like it doesn't sometimes because it ends up just being people arguing over like um, we believe and we don't. We believe or we don't. But like my thing with cancel culture is like I I get annoyed because like um like a lot of people think that I'm all about cancel culture and that like my whole thing is trying to cancel people because like I heard murmurs about people talking about me making fun of me saying that all I do is run my mouth on Twitter about canceling people but that's not what I do like I feel like um all I ever do is just speak on issues that personally affect me or like I always speak up about what I feel like should be spoken up about but like just like what I said before these people don't know what it's like to be oppressed so obviously they find a problem with anyone that's outspoken but yeah, I feel like cancel culture works when it's the right situation in terms of like getting rid of these like scummy guys and wrestling. But like, but then some people will try to cancel you over like posting a photo that you like you didn't mean to offend anyone. And then when you try to like, and I don't like when people try to cancel someone, but they're legit sit standing there trying to like hold themselves accountable and learn from what they like their past mistakes and like I feel like also it doesn't work if like someone said something years ago and they're trying to learn and grow from it but then people are like no you still said it so you're still cancelled so I'm like it only works if you want to help these people it doesn't work if your cancel culture is just you're cancelled you're done you're not going to grow from this you're not you're not allowed to learn you're just cancelled I don't agree with that yeah, I don't agree with people trying to cancel other people from stuff that rises up after years. But um, everyone learns, they move on, and they get better. 
Yeah, there's like small mistakes. But yeah, and it, it works with some people. Yeah. I think it works in the cases, for instance, like kind of most of the cases going on at the moment, like it works because a lot of the time people won't be held accountable for their actions. Yeah. Um, for instance, if someone will be walking around freely after, you know, abusing someone. They're just, you know, continually getting booked. And the only way to really make them make a difference, make a change is to you know, cancel them, is to try and get rid of them, you know, and if you yeah. blacklist their name, you stop their wrestling, you stop them getting booked, you stop them, uh, that's, you know, that's also their income, so maybe if you affect their life by genuinely, you know, affecting their workplace and, you know, how people perceive them, then maybe it might get through to them that what they're doing is wrong and it's not okay. Um, other, you know, other circumstances, it's along the lines of, like you guys said, you know, as a tweet from five years ago that, you know, said a word that I don't like, or, you know, against something, it's, they could be a completely different evolved person. Like, you know, mm. people change, people can be better themselves, yeah. but someone who has recently assaulted someone's gotten, or, you know, who has assaulted someone in general and gotten away with it for so many years and continued the behavior and it's just a bunch of women coming out being like, fuck this guy. He mm. did this. He stopped yeah. booking him. We need to stop Especially him knowing that, like, yeah. knowing that more than, like, three girls come forward about the same person. It's just, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> you being yeah. one of them and then it's, like, if I stopped them and said something, then they wouldn't have gotten that treatment. Like yeah, then you should look towards that cancel culture. You know, if that, mm. especially if that person really does no defense, if that person's really kind of like, no, they're just lying, and the people are bringing mm, forward, yeah. you know, I hate to use this word because it's something I'm so against, but evidence, but I hate it. Like, but you know, especially, and you should cancel someone. You should, for the mm. hell, they should be working. They yeah. should not be glamorized. They should not be, you know, out in the industry. They shouldn't be trainers. They shouldn't be promoters. They shouldn't be, you know, they shouldn't be in this industry. So yeah, should they shouldn't be, be in locker rooms. The it's, I don't think it's burying the problem. I think it's getting rid of someone who is the problem and leading by example it's, of this is what will happen if you fuck up that badly. It's not even just wrestling. If you harass someone in like a normal workplace, they get the boot straight away. Yeah, like, yeah. it's normal. Like it's not even cancel yeah, culture. It's just normal. <laughs> it's just um, <laughs> yeah. like, that's what... cancel culture for some reason. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going on about, like how wrestling's not like a workplace, but it should be treated as such. Where we implement policies in terms of like bullying, harassment, sexual harassment, all that stuff. But I feel like for years it's just like a rich guy with money. Here, come play with me, my circus clowns, and I'll pay you. <laughs> hot dogs and chump change and you perform for me and I die. and there's no rules you can just free game like a playground it's like always recess when we're wrestling and there's never like discipline and classroom be like getting treated good um <laughs> that's great <laughs> the, the rich guy comparison is very very true um so you know you're right it's not cancel culture it's real life um, I don't know why Twitter's just named it cancel culture. Like, <laughs> I feel like yeah, I don't know. Like with cancel culture, I'm just like when people like try to say that I always try to cancel someone. I'm like, I never try to cancel people. If you feel some type of way about something, like some tweet I said, that's on you. That's not on me. Like, yeah, I'm just sharing my my thoughts and views. It's like, like you can't have an opinion. Like you need to be on board with everyone else. You can't stand. I know. Out like the opinion. whole. You're a woman. She... What do you think you're doing having an opinion? <laughs> like sheep mentality I feel like some people always have like follow the pack mentality 
city, but I'm just like, it's okay to have mm. your own thoughts. Like, no one's going to hurt you. Exactly. <laughs> It'll be fine. You touched on some things there, Candy, about policy, and this is kind of where I want to wrap things is where what the next steps are for companies. So obviously we've seen a lot of statements coming out locally about, oh, we're working on our policies and we're working on our code of conduct, which is, you know, if it's true, great, that's awesome. Um, what else can companies do, do you think, to pay reparations for this damage that's happened, but also make sure that we're safeguarding for the future? Um, I guess, like, they just have to really put their foot down and, like, they, like, they need to stop, like, slapping people on the wrist just because they're, like, a drawer for their company or because they're a fan favorite. I'm like, that's no excuse for shitty behavior. Like, I don't know. Not even that, like, fans see what happens, like, online. Like, they know yeah. who to support, especially who with not the to way, support. Yeah, especially with the way social media is now. Like, fans have so much more access to, like, wrestlers' personal lives and stuff outside of just the ring. So, like, for, like, promotions to, like, protect certain workers is just stupid because I'm like, it's like these wrestlers can read the internet, they talk, like, I mean, fans can read the internet and see things, so, like, there's no point backing up someone if that someone is, like, going around posting, like, oh, I don't care. For sure. Um, Avery, did you have anything to add there on what companies can do and promotions? Um, like I said, like, the companies I've worked for at the moment, they, like, I'm going to say, like, Melbourne City, they've really put in place, uh, like, a system of, you know, a group of people you can comfortably go towards to anonymously. They've um, setting down certain ground rules. They're really, like, um, oh, I can't think of everything exactly they're doing right now, but um, really just putting a lot of steps into place. Like, yeah, just making people feel comfortable, feeling, making them feel heard. Um, you know, they've taken people off uh taking certain people off training they've taken certain people out of the company that people aren't very comfortable around and it's just very um you know everything you want to see everything i think people every company should do that it's be like hey it's someone who is known um uh sorry police checks um working the children checks especially if there's people under the age of 18 at your company yeah. working with children because i think it's a very important one because i can't name the amount of people who would consistently hit up minors My, like when i was a minor i was probably more hit up than I am now <laughs> it's atrocious is it you need yeah. yeah you need people in check people who are running the company that yeah aren't in it for themselves and aren't in it for yeah I think like, the promotions the world, yeah. <laughs> my home promotion is doing stuff like that too and like we're also like normalizing like mental health check-ins with people in your company like especially like new trainees and stuff like just making them feel comfortable that it's all right to talk about your feelings and stuff because sometimes a lot of things get like like they slip under the radar like you gotta remember like with wrestling if you're training you're like spending a lot of time with these people and you're putting your life on the line so like being able to talk about your feelings and creating a bond is important. And I think that's what my home promotion wants to do. And I feel like a lot of people in New Zealand want to do. Because yeah. if you really think about it, I just I just thought about it before. Like, I only see these people sometimes. But you know, I'm like, no, I see these people a lot. Like, it's like going to work or like school, whatever. You just, these people become part of your life and stuff. Mm. 
I think it sounds horrible. There just needs to be a big, sorry, going back to it. There needs to just be a big common sense check before you enter wrestling. It's like, is it appropriate to touch women? And if you think it is, maybe you shouldn't be there. It's like, if you think it's okay to pit a woman with not in the ring unconsensually, it's like, maybe if you think that's okay, maybe you shouldn't be in the business. It's, I feel like it comes down to a lot of common sense that people don't really pay attention to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't be anywhere that's, how you feel yeah if, if your first immediate reaction for hugging a woman is i could touch her ass right now then mm. again maybe you shouldn't be there <laughs> just a thought, just um, a thought. <laughs> i guess that leads into what workers can do right um other than not be assholes what, what can we do to help each other out right now and make sure that we're protecting um hold your friends accountable like Mm. you can be friends with them but you just have to help them change their behavior like it's not like holding them accountable isn't saying i'm not your friend anymore because the internet told me i can't associate with you can you can 100 percent associate with your friends if they got accused or whatever if it's not like extreme like some of the cases if it's just like are you sent unwarranted dick pics and stuff you can, I feel like you can change from that and you just have to learn and grow from it. Like, I feel like some of these guys, like, were so quick to put put their friends over, but I'm like, you should have just held them accountable because I don't think, like, just saying, like, you're basically downplaying the victim's story if you come out in support of your friend, whereas you should listen to the victim and, like, maybe... Yeah, like as workers, we just need to hold each other accountable. A hundred percent with Lani on that one as well. Yeah, like you backstage and one of your friends is, you know, being a derogative kind of twat towards and you kind of should pull them up and turn around and be like, hey, stop doing that. If you shouldn't have to blacklist someone because they've been called out, but you should very much try and learn the story. Like it's it's complicated. Mm. And what about fans? What um, obviously this is quite like multi-layered in that there's um, fan on wrestler abuse, there's fan on fan yeah. abuse. What what can be done yeah. there? I feel like also like promotions need to like hold fans accountable because I've had too many situations where I've been groped at like the merch table. Like I already don't like being at the merch table because I ha- like, have anxiety. So I don't like talking to people because it scares me. So like it's not I like, I don't like having to be like out there and then like I'm nice enough to take photos of you and then having you and your drunk friends all around me touching my ass and then trying to kiss me like I don't think that's ideal. Yeah, that's not cool at all. And like it doesn't help when I tell people they just kind of laugh it off like oh hi well you're a hot girl so I'm like. That's not an excuse for someone to touch me. Like, that's the most stupidest thing to say to someone. Mm. Avery? Um, I think I've been relatively lucky with the majority of my fan experiences. They're pretty respectful um, and pretty okay with boundaries. You know, there's that fair few which cross the line and have to pull them up, um, especially online. People feel like because they're on a keyboard, they're willing that it's okay to say anything. Um Yeah, I think, like, a couple of promotions now after this is coming out, they've spoken to a lot of the wrestlers. They're putting in a lot more security um, behind, like, around merch desks. So, you know, if a hand does stray, if something does go wrong, 
there'd be security there because a lot of the time you don't feel comfortable calling it out in front of everyone. You don't feel comfortable making a big scene yeah. and being like, oh, this guy touched my ass. Like, yeah, I of feel course. Like doing that. <laughs> you don't want that um, kind of attention on you. So, you know, there'll be security there, which, you know, you can hopefully go to quietly and be like, this is happening. You know, hopefully, the, you know, some, the, you know, fans are feeling uncomfortable with somebody else in the audience too. They, you know, they can always go up to the security. That's why security is there. Um, if there isn't security in a show, they should really look into getting some. Um, <laughs> there should be security in the show and if a fan does feel uncomfortable in any way shape or form they can approach security and be like hey look this is happening like they any problems yeah totally Zena, do you have anything to add on that i haven't had like much um experience with fans that have gone badly or whatever but um we've had like a few comments like while we're performing in the ring where like fans shout out in appropriate language Mm. and we usually get rid of them on the spot like yeah. like two of our rookies would come and tell the fan to leave so yeah. i think yeah. every promotion well, should be doing that going forward yeah we actually like my promotion put in like like a sign that says like like basically we don't we have zero tolerance for like derogatory terms getting said like abuse or anything stuff like that because like when I debuted, like people were saying the most like fucked up stuff to me. So like and like like fans were saying rude stuff. I'm like, oh, there's a line. Like I'm you can say certain things, but if you're gonna like just call me like like if you're just gonna call me derogatory um slurs, then mm. obviously that's not gonna sit well with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just respect the workers, respect the performers. You guys are there to put on a show, but you're human. So I just, yeah. yeah. There needs to be like an enforcement around that as well because for some reason some people don't get it. Sorry, Avery, something there? Or? Yeah, no, I was like, yeah, we're just humans. Like, yeah. literally humans. <laughs> we get yeah. a day job. We study. We, we have parents. Yeah. Like, we're just human beings. We're not. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right, well, we, I might um, go around with some final thoughts if you have any um, to wrap things up. Zena, do you have anything that you'd like to add that we could wrap up? Um, not that I can think of. I think we covered a lot of stuff. We did. <laughs> There's a lot there. <laughs> Candy? Um. Yeah, I just like well, I hope people do change and that change happens and like it is a better environment going forward for everyone, like fans, wrestlers, just everyone involved in the business, I guess. And Avery? Um, I think just be nice. I think everyone should just be nice. <laughs> the world, it's not going to happen overnight, but if everyone pitches in a little bit to not be a piece of shit, the industry can be an amazing place. I know. <laughs> totally. Doesn't seem hard, but apparently it is. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally it literally costs nothing. Mm. It costs nothing to be a nice person to people. But some yeah. people act like it's that's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like cool. you said, Lonnie, it's like these people are getting paid. Why would you say that? <laughs> we all make millions. Uh. Rolling in that chump change. Yeah. 
Well, thank you guys so much for um, sticking with me today and for sharing your experiences and thoughts. It really means a lot um, to me. Okay. And I, I hope that we can make some real change together. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it's all right. There's, a few, there's been a few dogs in the Zoom call popping up. I haven't, don't think I haven't noticed. I guys, everyone's cutting out. Oh no, we're, we're nearly done. We're so close. <laughs> but before we wrap, I just want to plug all of your socials. Um, you can follow our guest today on Twitter, Avery at Avery, A V A R Y underscore TBP. Um, I need to know what that means. I don't know what the TBP is. Cutting down. Oh, TBP. Anything on Twitter means the Brat Pack. Oh, of course. I'm so dumb. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God, my dog. Someone's just a well that's all right okay avery's gone to get her dog um zena you can follow zena at zena that's x e n double a pro on twitter and you can follow candy (laughs) (laughs) candidly candy underscore you don't have to follow me i don't mind are you three eyes still but i i want a boat please if you want to buy me a boat let me know I can't wait to see you on The Bachelorette and you'll get your boat. I'm very excited for that day. Before we wrap, um, I just want to throw out those helplines that I mentioned at the start. If you're in Australia and you need support for yourself or for someone else with abuse or sexual assault after listening to this episode, you can call 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-737-732 or head to 1-800-RESPECT.org.au. We've also provided links for support elsewhere in the world in the show notes. So thank you for listening and take care.